Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You have tuned into the Rebel News live stream on this, a Wednesday, May 25th, 2022. I'm David Menzies. And my co-host today, well, let me tell you a little bit about my co-host. Do you know today is National Wine Day, folks? Oh, no. And like a nice bottle of Baco Noir, my friend, he just gets better with age. Thank you, David. He is the dreadnought of Durham region. He is the Khaleesi of Ajax. He is high energy. Andrew says, Chapados. How you doing there, Andrew? Remind me to never tell you where I live again. <laughs> oh, where do you live, Andrew? Let me write that down and tell everybody. Now, that would be in the east end of the greater Toronto area. Is that correct? I am from Oshawa, David, if wow. anybody's wondering. The city on the move. <laughs> or the schwa, as they That's say. That's true. Right? The schwiggity, the schwa, the armpit of Ontario, whatever you'd like. Now, Andrew, we got to, you know, set some matter clear here because Let's. there are so many rumors. And, you know, whenever I go on long road trips with a camera person, we always tune into channel 311. And what channel is that, David? Uh, well, that, that would be Yacht Rock Radio hmm. on the Sirius XM uh, radio dial. And there is a rumor, Andrew, that the host is you. I mean, it's a dead ringer sound-wise uh, for hmm. the man who's introducing the various Steely Dan songs on Channel 311. I know, folks, it's almost right off the dial. But is it true? Are you moonlighting? Here at Rebel News. Well, it's always a wonderful afternoon when you get a series of text messages from David the Menzoid Menzies and editor cameraman Mauricio. And it's just, you know, message after message of what song is currently playing on a radio station. So many messages, in fact, that you might get annoyed. So many messages, in fact, that he phones both of us in a very snarly mood that I didn't appreciate it. So we. Oh, you didn't appreciate <laughs> So uh, you notice, folks, he avoided the question whether he is the narrator or the presenter for Yacht Rock Is that what you radio. call a person on the radio a narrator? <laughs> well, I don't know. You, you, you educate me. It's DJ. But enough about this uh, nonsense. Uh, Andrew, what is the ostensible purpose of what we're trying to do here today? We are giving you the latest and best news coverage from around the world and, of course, from rebelnews.com. Rebelnews.com slash live streams is where you can get the best feed for the daily show. We're on Rumble, Odyssey, Super U, Getter, and YouTube, recently demonetized on every YouTube channel. You know, YouTube gave us a call. They said, you know what? Uh, we hate you more than you thought, and we're demonetizing everything you guys have. So if you want to speak to us, you want to give a comment to myself or the Menzoid, a question, a link, insult, comment, compliment David Menzies, who knows? <laughs> you can do so on do so on Rumble with a Rumble rant and uh, Super U with a shout out and an Odyssey hyper chat, which is from the future to the best of my knowledge, David Menzies. What do you want to talk about today? What's on the ticket? And, and by the way, we should say that uh, we might have to say goodbye to our friends at YouTube. Uh, we're still considering them friends because of, well, the 1.6 million subscribers. If we tread into dangerous waters, that would be going against the mainstream media and mainstream government narrative of COVID-19. Uh, that would be questioning the results of the 2020 election. By the way, 
you're allowed to question the results of the 2016 election south of the border. That's fair. No problem over there. Uh, but such is the world of the censorious thugs of Silicon Valley. They are really controlling what we say. Uh, barely ironic that they're based in the nation that has the First Amendment, but I guess they know better than we do. And <laughs> if we uh, go against them, well, as you heard from Andrew, we were demonetized on our main channel. So, has it been a year? Probably at least a year. About a year. But we had these little, um, you know, other YouTube channels, like YouTube clips, right? And uh, they caught on. And uh, like the headmistress with the ruler out, we got our palm slapped and told in no uncertain terms that uh, that small amount of do re mi would be demonetized. They do it in a friendly well. way, though, David. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it <laughs> it's, it's kind of like, you know, when you get in trouble with the mob, they say we're going to go for a ride. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, we're so, going to take the scenic route, you know, but we all know how that ends. So there you go. So if we do go into those uh, territories, folks, you'll have to see us on one of the other platforms Andrew mentioned. Now, we have a wonderful team, do we not, uh, Mr. Chapados, in Davos right now. I think they are um, just um, knocking it out of the ballpark. Uh, and we have a video, I believe, uh, from Lewis Brackpool. So why don't we just show that and we can weigh in on the content. We certainly can. It's no Spangler Cup video, also in Davos, <laughs> as I'm sure you know. Spangler Cup. Sea level hockey tournament. <laughs> Go ahead, Olivia. A nice quote from the old Bond villain himself, Klaus Schwab. <laughs> we must build a world that works for progress, people and the planet. But you remember the, the quote. You'll own nothing and be happy. You'll own nothing. They'll be all right. So Hanwha as well. I've not heard of Hanwha, I'll be honest with you. It says sustainable solutions for Earth for life. Of course, something to do with climate change. Absolutely obsessed with it. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing planet and profit together. This is economics. It's just, it's almost sickly. <laughs> That's a lot of... Uh, CO2 emissions, eh? Quite clearly they care. Taxi on idle? Of course it is. Value-added creation and <laughs> collaboration for right sustainable here, development, of course. Because we all know about Agenda 2030. It's funny, because all this talk about climate change and wanting to reduce <laughs> to net zero. And look at this, we've got Mercedes-Benz. We've got well, military vehicles once again coming by as well. Hello. He looks happy, obviously. He's getting paid well, and we just nearly got hit by one of these Mercedes. Lots of parked cars as well, just stationed all around. Can you see all this? All around. Of course they care so much for the environment. Of course they do. I mean, that's not good for the environment. So, you know. Wow. You know, I mean, the hypocrisy on display is just incredible. I've always said this uh, with our uh, beloved colleague, uh, Sheila Gunn-Reed, Andrew, that you know, if you're going to virtue signal, if you're going to ring the alarm, what is it, 2030 is doomsday? Mm -hmm. That's the new 2012. Uh, you know, as you recall, according to the Mayan calendar, we were supposed to be extinct. At the end of the Bach tune, yes. Yeah. yeah, the Mayans could predict the future hundreds of years uh, into the timeline, but couldn't see the Spanish conquistadors uh, just sailing into their, uh, to their lands. Anyway, here's the deal. You would think they would at least 
have the decency to put on a facade. And what I'm saying, as Andrew, uh, sorry, as Lewis was pointing out, all the carbon spewing SUVs, the diesel spewing buses, etc. Why not have electric vehicles? Why not have at least, come on, meet me halfway, a plug-in hybrid? But no, it's that it's almost as though they're not even hiding their hypocrisy anymore. It's like a weird festival of like a totalitarian future almost. The movie They Live comes to mind. Of course, oh, yes. 1984 comes to mind. Like you mentioned, this big diesel World War II era military transport <laughs> chugging along with not a care in the world. <laughs> this guy's on like his tasking across the continent probably. You know, they're advertising these quotes by Klaus Schwab that makes it seem like it's a festival put on by uh, some music company yeah. and slogan or like you're in good life fitness and they have the owner's <laughs> quotes on the side. <laughs> just acting like nobody has a problem with Klaus Schwab. Let's just show his quotes. Nobody thinks of him as an evil like, you know, technocrat or something like that. Let's just show his quotes. Why not throw up a Bill Gates quote, quote up there? You know, it's like they're so, either they've gone so far ahead and they don't care about everybody knowing about this anymore and the elites have moved on to something more secretive, or they're just so out of touch that they don't even realize that, you know, there's tons of cameras there this time around exposing them for the hypocrites that they are. Yeah. Where's Greta? Oh, you know what? That's a great point. Where is her? I'm surprised she's not part of the entitled royalty uh, in the audience. Andrew, we have the movers and shakers of the business world, like you know the the Bill Gates. We have celebrities, um, and Greta's right up there, being the Time Magazine Person of the Year. We should have sent her ourselves. I, yeah, yeah, maybe. Well, maybe she's paddling her bike, and she hasn't quite made it, hmm. uh, you know, out of Sweden yet. But you know, <laughs> um, I want to get at something and. It, it's this, Andrew, I mean, with all the virtue signaling, with all those slogans on the billboards, with this World Economic Forum, what do you think is the unspoken strategy? Why is there this gathering? What are they really intending to do? And I don't mean the nonsense we see on these billboards, you know, making economics about uh, ecology and and whatnot. What's going on here? I think it's a gathering of very rich people who represent very large multinational companies, and they want to decide and come together and come up with a plan as to how do we implement, get government officials to implement policy that will benefit our business. Yeah. So when Justin Trudeau and Boris Johnson and the Australian Prime Minister and the crazy shrieking banshee of New Zealand aren't there, yeah. And Joe Biden wouldn't know where he is if he was there. <laughs> they don't need to be there. What they have is the leaders of these companies like MasterCard and Microsoft and uh, even oil companies. Yep. They go there. They say, what's the plan? What would benefit us? And then they come back to their people in their countries, their government officials, and they say, this is what we want. And this is what we want you to craft legislation around. I think that's what's happening because it will benefit them and it'll allow the politicians to garner more power because they'll come up with this great, you know, Build Back Better or yep. something with a nice name. Uh, and they'll say, we're going to give you that and we're going to slap our own thing onto it. And then you guys push it through, whether it's Disney or Major League Baseball pushing it through. Yep. The cultural side of things, they both benefit. That's what I think is happening. Andrew, I think you're 100% correct. And I think, you know, they sort of played their hand with one of the billboards that Lewis pointed out early in the video. Um, it was along the lines of, we must build a world that works for the planet and the people. I think there was some other, it must work for something else as well. But the point is, is that 
If you are a member of the super elite, whether you are a celebrity, a multi-billionaire, what have you, this world that they live in, it's very nice, isn't it? It's executive jets. It's uh, chauffeured limousines. It's five-star hotels on the road. If I was of that class, I want this world to work, to keep that kind of entitlement going. I'm not down with any kind of revolution that's going to affect <laughs> my status because I am living like a king of medieval times. So I think that's what it's all about. When it says build a world that works for the people, I think it's for certain people. And what I'm talking about here are those mega wealthy elites that we see in the audience of these World Economic Forum meetings. Well, to people like them, as you mentioned, of this caliber, not that I'm against there being rich people. I'm not a communist or a socialist. Neither am I. It's just that 5000 or $10,000 a year for gas for a regular person who makes fifty dollars to $100,000 a year when that jumps, when that doubles, that's going to destroy them. When that doubles for a person who makes five hundred thousand to a hundred million dollars a year, the doubling of a gas price isn't going to affect your day-to-day -day life. It's going to be annoying. It's more money than you want to spend, but it doesn't make a difference to you yeah. if steaks are now twenty dollars instead of ten, or there's baby formula is not available um, as easily to the people in the grocery stores. It's not going to make a difference to you. And to your point about this being an uh, a world for the environment and for everybody, yeah. who are these environmental groups? These are just their preferred billionaires. You know, you notice there's only a couple oil companies, and I'm not saying oil companies are, you know, the greatest thing in the world. Of course, they want to make money, but it's the ones that play along with them that are going to be there. So they don't want you to have these oil companies in, let's say, Texas or Alberta making money. That's why they shut off the pipeline. They want their energy billionaires to make money. So how do they sell that to you? They say they're environmentally friendly billionaires, but not Elon Musk. He's not the, he's not the right one. It's just their preferred te tech and energy billionaires that they want to funnel the money to. It's not about the environment at all. No, you're quite right. And the environmental movement uh, earlier this month, uh, our colleague Sheila Gunn-Reed had a great piece on basically almost all the environmental movement has been co-opted by, I don't know what you want to call them, ultra leftists, progressives, my favorite term, Marxists, because that's who they are. And really, the green movement is the new red movement. And, you know, they're all about, as you said, shutting down pipelines to show how they are saving the planet, air quotes. But as the saying goes, uh, Andrew, um, Marxism isn't for the Marxists because these very same people are not uh, suffering whatsoever. In fact, you typically see them at protests with, um, you know, they're coming there in cars, not public transit or bicycle. Uh, they're using products like, you know, cell phones. They're wearing um Windbreakers made of vinyl, uh, basically the goods that are derived from the petrochemical industry. So again, more virtue signaling. Uh, and when you look at the hypocrisy on display, it's worthless virtue signaling in my book. Well, I'm not sure because I am not aware of the times back then, but I'm not sure if they were ever, like were they ever really truly environmentalists or were they just trying a different tactic? Like who were these people 
and what were their points in like the 80s and 90s versus what their points now. Because if we look back at other political movements like uh, black identitarian movements of the 60s and 70s, many of their points were exactly the same ones they're making now. They just mm-hmm. get they just get a rewashing of things to say, oh, look how it was so much more pure back then and now it's changed. Well, I wouldn't necessarily, you would know more than I, I would about this, I'm saying. I just don't necessarily believe that, you know, the environmentalists used to be pure hearted people who just cared about Mother Earth, you know? Well, I don't know. In, in the 60s, believe it or not, I was just a kid reading Marvel Comics. But And that's speaking, why you're fascist now. Speaking of Marvel Comics, folks, I'm going to offer a Marvel Comics no prize to anyone that can come up with the closest guess to a question that we're, we're going to run a video uh, at the uh. energy transition <laughs> panel. The moderator asked World Economic Forum guests to raise their hands if they had an electric car. So before you see this video, in the seconds right now, come up with a guess between, oh, I don't know, one in 200 of how many people raise their hands. Let's check it out. So I'm going to throw this immediately out to the audience and say, how many of you are driving an electric vehicle at the moment? One, two, three, seven. So I would say that probably constitutes less than 5% of the persons uh, sitting here in this room. And there are people that can afford electric cars. Oh, 100%. And so the correct number uh, is the Fantastic Four. Four is the operative number. Oh, I see what you did there. Um, <laughs> you know, what was her agenda, Andrew? Was it to, I guess, transport shame the other people in the room for not having an EV? I guess, I don't know. It's hard to tell whether knowing who she was. It was an energy transition panel. So maybe she thought that more people would have it. Or maybe her point was, oh, this is why you should get it because nobody has it. But isn't the, the obvious point here that the rich people, and I hate being like, oh, the rich, but the people here, the elites, we'll call them, that are telling you to be more environmentally friendly aren't doing it themselves, yeah. even though they easily could. How hard would it have been for any of these people to rent an electric car just for, you know, optics purposes, to rent an electric car in one of the nearby cities or countries and have it driven over for them for them to drive there? It would have been so easy. That's what I would have done. In fact, uh, little Greta, when she came to Canada, didn't she borrow, I think it was Arnold Schwarzenegger's Tesla? Something like and that. And made a mess of it, I understand. The beans, spread his beans. Can we find that? If producer Efron's back there, I know he can find it, but because uh, it's an older story. But Key and Bexty was there at an event where Greta was, and Greta's backseat was just filled with Heinz beans, I believe it was. Yeah, yeah. Just a big bean fan, I guess. Maybe they don't have many beans in Sweden. Absolutely disgusting. And uh, so <laughs> Beans I, are disgusting? Well, well, no, but I mean, if I was... If I borrowed somebody's six-figure car, and uh, regardless of what's powering it, maybe Greta thinks it's dilithium crystals from Star Trek, but I am going to bring it back spick and span. Maybe she did, David. But she, all oh, the, what do you want to bet she did not? She was I'll take you on a gentleman's bet on that. Her, no, but her family, her yeah, handlers her, were with her. Her right? parents are insane also. <laughs> and uh, well, I mean, they're exploiting their mentally uh, ill daughter for their own, pro- their own gain and profit, so... And uh, that was a big thing when Michael Knowles said that. But yeah, her backseat filled with plastic. Look at that. Lots of beans. Writer Dave's going to love that. The bean wow. reference.
You know, and how those were, are the British beans. And you know how were those cans <laughs> made? <laughs> Who's uh, just Andrew? eating straight from a bean straight from a can, David Menzies? It's a psychotic behavior. It, it, it is incredible because you would think they'd be living high on the hog in their uh, tour. They'd be going to five star restaurants, uh, getting room service at the hotel. Uh, are they that? Starving, they have to eat cans of cold beans straight out of the bean in the car, <laughs> straight out of the can in the car, Dave Menzies. Goodness um, gracious, that's unbelievable. Um, and, and by the way, I just want to point out because mm -hmm. we have two more clips and they're they're all gold, folks. Isn't it amazing, Andrew? Well, it's not amazing. It's <laughs> de rigueur now. You're not going to see any of this coverage on mainstream media. No, the, the, those people are cheerleaders. They are not doing their due diligence, diligence rather as journalists and exposing this hypocrisy. Uh, it comes down to us. Like I said, our team there is doing a fantastic job. Um, what do you make of the media really not knowing its role anymore? Well, of course, our website is wefreports.com yes. where Avi and Lewis, etc., Jeremy, are and um what are they doing david menzies we're going to get to some of that later of what the cbc actually cares about with justin trudeau <laughs> but they agree with it why do they agree with it, david because they can't be bothered to pay attention to anything about it do you think that the people who are working at cbc know what klaus schwab is outside of thinking it's a conspiracy theory even though justin trudeau has admitted to the great reset before they don't like you know, when people send me things that are that news articles that's on the internet, I kind of think like, I, I you do not have a special access to information that I don't have. So mm -hmm. like, obviously, I've seen. It. I'm not trying to be mean about it, but I've probably seen it. But with people who work at these outlets, David, I feel like it's the opposite. Mm -hmm. It's they only see what's on CBC and CTV and all their preferred networks. And I think you'll find that most people on the other side of the political aisle, or people who don't subscribe to any political party, really, they will take sort information from both yeah. sources. Like myself, I follow MSNBC people, uh, CBC, I follow CNN people, not because I think they're geniuses, it's because once you start to read their timeline, yep. it becomes so easy to predict where they're moving, especially with the Democrat party. They're the worst party in, in the entire world in terms of like what they know knowledgeably and what they can foresee. And it becomes so obvious to me and to other people what their next moves are and what they're going to do and say, that you can't think that these are actually like highly intelligent operating people behind the keyboards there. And when you're working at CBC and your your number one concern is Jagmeet Singh having people give him the finger, <sighs> then I would certainly question what your worldly knowledge is because nobody cares about that at all. Jagmeet Singh's lost like four elections. Yeah, and of course, the other factor as it pertains to Canada, of course, uh, Andrew, maybe it's coming to the U.S., is that so much of the media... Uh, the mainstream media, that is, is government funded. Mm -hmm. And to me, that is an inherent conflict of interest. And what it's telling you is don't bite the hand that feeds. And it was kind of funny. I don't know if you saw it two days ago. There was this fawning piece about Doug Ford in uh, the Toronto Star. Wow. And Sheila and I were talking <laughs> uh, via text that isn't it amazing what a half billion dollar bribe will do? And by that, I mean, folks, uh, the Ontario PC party gave Torstar, the parent company of the Toronto Star, a, a online gambling license. In fact, they were the first one to get the license. Of course, they were the last one to launch. And um, because they don't know anything about the gambling business, but that's worth revenue of a half billion dollars a year. And the Toronto Star, which Doug Ford and Rob Ford, 
back in the day when, uh, and I'm going back 10 years ago, when they used to refer to them as a bunch of maggots, well, it looks like all is forgiven. They get, <laughs> they get a half billion dollar gift. And always you think, Andrew, what is the quid pro quo? And I guess we saw it two days ago, this fawning front page article about how great Doug Ford is these days. It is uh, astonishing. Yeah, bring that up, Olivia. And I want to mention how I personally think it's it's weird and gross that Doug Ford will parade around Toronto Star headlines whenever. First of all, the idea that the Toronto Star that's very left wing is promoting a right wing guy's yeah. agenda should send any Toronto Star readers through a loop mentally and maybe start to think of maybe the gears will start turning. But the company that literally tried to destroy your family called yep. Doug Ford, a drug dealer, yep. tried to destroy his brother. May he rest in peace tried to destroy his family, and now, oh, it's great that they're praising me. It's great that the uh, Toronto Star is, you know, showing that my economic plan is really working for the little guy. It, it, is, it is astonishing, and I go back to earlier this month with the campaign kickoff when I went to the Ford Nation event. I was told to leave or face uh, trespassing charges from the police. I can tell you, folks, in 15 years, I've been covering the Ford Nation events, always welcomed with open arms. Uh, by the way, never not given a reason why I was persona non grata. Also, Joe Warmington, great guy with the Toronto Sun. He was given the bums rush. Nobody in Canada, in the mainstream media, has given the Ford family more fair coverage in two decades than Joe Warmington. And meanwhile, the CBC, the Toronto Star, welcomed with open arms. Uh, I just wonder, because Doug Ford during the campaign has been so buddy-buddy with Justin Trudeau. Um, in fact, there's, I think, the best political cartoon of the year was something earlier this month. I don't know if you saw it, Andrew. It was in the sun. And it's a motorcycle being uh, driven by Justin Trudeau. And there's two sidecars. <laughs> one is Doug Ford on the right and one sidecar. And the second sidecar is Ontario Liberal leader Stephen Del Duca. And Trudeau, with his free hand, is taking the bolt out of the uh, mechanism that holds the sidecar. And Del Duca is about to go off a cliff into oblivion. And I, I'm a, I almost feel sorry for Del Duca. I mean, he must be thinking, wait a minute. Uh, shouldn't he be making whistle stops <laughs> with me, right? But I think what it boils down to is a symbiotic relationship. For about 100 years now, uh, Andrew, more or less, it, whoever is in office on Parliament Hill, it's the opposite party in office in uh, Queen's Park in Ontario. So Ford and Trudeau realize this is good for both of them. For some weird reason, Ontarians like to split the party, you know, uh, support between the feds and, and the province. Yes. And that explains why, um, you know, there's this buddy-buddy um, relationship. Hey, maybe even Justin Trudeau called Torstar and said, hey, give this uh, schlepper some nice uh, press, will you? It's, it's good for all of us. Well, this is why I don't have as much uh, hope for Pierre as maybe some people. I mean, mm. he, he shut, he declined to go to the independent press gallery debate. Which I don't understand that. Which would have been tough questions. He doesn't want to face tough questions. He didn't want to face them for me personally. Even though I was standing next to him, maybe I should have just—I should have just menzied him, you know, and asked the question anyway. And then yeah, they, I, I told you that. I know, David. Listen, I'm only 19. I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, these kids these days, folks. And he doesn't want to do the uh, the independent debate, which obviously would have not been softball questions to any of the candidates, not just him. But 
as much as I don't believe in the conservative party, and if you watch me, you know that I do not, Roman Baber has come far and away as the most honest one, I think, in my opinion. Pierre second. Leslie Newis is right up there with him. But uh, Roman Baber going on CBC and giving it to them, um, I don't think anybody's being as honest as he is. Do I think he's going to win? No, I don't. I don't care who wins, to be honest, at this point. Oh, I deeply care because of one candidate in there, and that is sneaky Patrick Brown. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I would full... prefer it to not be Patrick Brown. I'll give you yeah. that. No, I, I think he's downright dangerous, to tell you the truth, and I'm not joking. Um, I, I, I Keep your eye on him with the number of memberships he's selling because he is going to every group under the sun and promising them everything. Of course, he'll throw them under the bus when it's politically expedient <laughs> to do so. But that's how the full-time mayor of Brampton, the part-time arena slash beaver <laughs> inspector works, you know. But speaking of Trudeau, why don't we get to our next clip? Because evidently Trudeau's Minister of Innovation uh, was speaking to the Davis crowd on the biggest transformations of society around the world and guess what? He is actually saying, is this true? Quote, the zero carbon society in which we are going, end quote. Is that doable? Zero carbon? I think their target is 2050, but they might have oh, moved 50? it up. Okay. So let's watch. My sense is that what you're saying, the three biggest transformation is the digitization of society, right. which is going to fuel, obviously, a number of jobs. Uh, the uh, zero carbon society in which we're going. And if you're a Western economy like us, an aging population. And, and when I look back, I say, what are the biggest challenges of humanity that, that are gonna drive growth and change and, and jobs? Well, we had the largest crisis, uh, the health crisis, COVID-19. And if you look on the other uh, big crisis of humanity is around climate change. And what was the breakthrough was science, technology, and innovation. Now, David, if I may, mm -hmm. imagine you're a tomato farmer and you go to a, a foreign conference and you say, you know what, what we need to do is drive our economy more towards celery farming. <laughs> and this is a guy coming from a country who makes a large piece of its money from oil and gas production. And he's going to a place saying, we need to drive our society to a zero carbon economy. It's literally like, why are you doing this? What, what is this? Like, how do you, how do you, first of all, Trudeau, anytime he hires a, a, a made up position, it's going to be one of his French friends. And I'm French, I can say this, don't worry. But <laughs> you're literally going to like a, a major league baseball owner and he goes to a conference about baseball and he's like, you know what, we're really going to transition to basketball, I think, in the future. <laughs> well, what I would say to that, Andrew, is be careful what you wish for on, uh, I think it was Thursday or Friday of last week, it was right before the long weekend, a report came out. Uh, the main focus of the report was California, which is on track right now to banning the sale of all fossil fuel vehicles <laughs> by 2035. So the idea is complete electrification. Now, California's population is bigger than Canada. They are already on the receiving end of brownouts and blackouts. They only have one nuclear plant left. All the other ones have been mothballed. Here's the deal. The report was saying, with the stress on the grid of all of these millions of EV vehicles, and it's not just passenger cars, we're talking EV buses, EV you know, uh, construction equipment, you name it, that the chance of brownouts and blackouts, it is inevitable. It will be frequent because the grid right now 
cannot handle California's demands. Um, imagine what it would be like with every car on the California roadways being replaced by an electrical car uh, that needs charging off that grid. It, it, this is very ominous. 2035, that's not far away. That's 13 years. General Motors, I understand, they've committed to making their fleet completely electrical by 2035 as well. Maybe it's because of the California market. Um, then again, um, yeah, there you go. There's uh, there's their proposal. Uh, I guess General Motors can make a foolhardy decision because their mindset, I'm sure, at headquarters in Michigan is, uh, hey, if we blow it, <laughs> yeah. uh, we're too big to fail and the government will bail us out and we'll start making uh, gas-powered cars. And by the way, I, I wonder how the pickup truck demographic, which drives most of their profits, feels about only being able to buy an EV pickup truck. Um, I think this is madness headed our way. And again, it's virtue signaling. And again, let's not forget that, think of all the carbon that goes into the manufacturer of these vehicles. Think of all the minerals um, that goes into uh, the batteries of these vehicles. And as I understand it, there's three South American countries that basically account for 60% of the um, EV battery mineral uh, market. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a South American version of OPEC. Certainly that's what I would do. And that will further drive up the cost. I don't think these people, Andrew, have really thought this through of what zero carbon means in reality. What's going to power the charging stations, love? <laughs> like, like <laughs> yeah. California is what Davos wants, and that is it in practice and in motion. And it's a failure. Sure, Silicon Valley, Hollywood Studios, people who are very rich will be able to power their own mini neighborhoods and societies. Like the Google uh, campus is not going to shut down. They're going to have their own mini nuclear generators, I guarantee you. As soon as it becomes apparent that something bad could happen, the, power, the lights could go off, they will immediately begin, if they haven't already, yep. starting to build their own energy source there. And all the other, the movie studios will do it, et cetera. And then you'll have this barren wasteland, like uh, there's that movie Elysium that, that came to mind uh, immediately where Everybody just lives basically like favelas in Brazil is what will happen <laughs> in California. So that's the model you can look at if you want to see how these enviro-fascist movements go towards. And that's like the fake like socialism thing of fake environmentalism. If you want real communism, you can look at how Seattle and Portland will go. But it, it's not going to work, David, and it's going to end up in like a surf society, but where the serfs don't even have a farm to farm and get money off of it. It's going to be complete elites down to people basically living in the streets. And how are like the millions of illegal aliens that live in California, how are yeah. they supposed to afford a car? Like, how are they going to afford an electric car? Well, I mean, if they are committed to this strategy, all I can say is that they have to build more nuclear plants, but that's off the charts too when it comes to the radical left they they are all about no nukes you see there those uh, license, those bumper stickers on uh, various subarus uh, <laughs> in california so um they are in for a disaster i think if they go down this route so 2035 will i be alive in 2035 Andrew? Do you think 13 we'll years yes uh, i don't know what's the over under on that guys 
Oh, okay. We'll go on. I Given have, today's science? I what? do have a bet, by the way, with Lincoln J, ace cameraman and video editor. Uh, I won my bet with uh, the Leafs mm -hmm. losing to the mm -hmm. Tampa Bay Foolish Lightning. on his part. Oh, unbelievable. Doesn't he know this script? But we have a new $50 bet, uh, and that is what will occur first, the Toronto Maple Leafs winning the Stanley Cup or... I'll die. It's close. I'm betting on death. I'm betting on the Grim Reaper. So he'll have to give me the give the money to to my estate. Well, I was going to suggest, you know, <laughs> stem cell injections work really well. Testosterone therapy replacement. Wow, it's been 55 years. Unbelievable. Uh, and one last uh, World Economic Forum clip we'll uh, throw to, and it's uh, our friend Avi Yamini, uh, and it's about India's oil minister. Gee, what did the Oil Minister of India, I have to say. Well, check it out. Oh, wow, David, you switched up the clip on her. Oh, sorry about that, Olivia. Here we go. How are you doing, sir? How are you doing? I'm doing well. Why are you here in the WEF? Why am I here? It's a great place to meet people, to uh, tell them about what's happening in India, to transact business, and do a host of other things. Listen, there's so many Indian states here. Why are they competing on this one street? They're not competing. <laughs> They're showing you the diversity of India. Uh -huh. They're showing you what different states can do. I can almost believe you're a politician. I'm the minister. So, <laughs> so now that's why uh, I support all of them. Do you think we should change it from World Economic Forum to maybe Indian Economic Forum? There's no, you don't need to do that. You don't need to do that. I've been associated with the organization since it was called the European Management Forum. So I told Mr. So Klaus Schwab then, if you have to woo the capitalists of the world, go beyond the European ones. Go and get the Americans also and get the other. So it's, I'm very happy they're doing well. So but you're India, the reason why Klaus Schwab is ruling the world? I'm not the reason. I'm just somebody who's been interacting with him since the 80s. <laughs> but you have fun, my friend. Uh, he doesn't even realize the clip he just gave my big brother Andrew Lawton and us <laughs> and Avi there of, oh, yes, he does rule the capitalists of the world, but, you know, who cares? I've, I've known him longer. Well, Minister Singh Puri, uh, I, I was almost expecting him to say when and Abby was asking him, what brings you here? Oh, it's the skiing. Oops, I'm out of season right now. <laughs> we all know all, wow. all the cultures of India get along swimmingly. We're all very well aware of that. Well, you know what? It is the world's largest democracy. Yes, there is internal strife. Somehow it's <laughs> held together. Just a little bit. Uh, yeah, but um, uh, yeah. Um, he, What's the update on Kashmir? How's that going? Well, you know what? That is the territory, and that's between India and Pakistan, mm -hmm. of course. And you know what? It uh, For... As long as I've been alive, that has been a territory in dispute. And a great there. song. Yeah, and fantastic sweaters. <laughs> <laughs> Seinfeld episode <laughs> with the red dot. I want to jump over to the Trudeau appearance in Surrey, B.C., which was canceled because of alleged racial slurs. I don't believe it, obviously. Uh, there's no evidence of wait that minute, so far. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on a Who made the slurs? <laughs> Did Trudeau wear blackface again? No, no. What happened this time? And I'm that's a fair guess. Trudeau cancels appearance at Surrey fundraiser after protesters hurl racial slurs. Who wrote this? Oh, look, it's Canadian press. So when they want something to that's unverified, and, uh, you know, just praising the government. They put it through the Canadian press unnamed and then places like CBC pick it up. So let's scroll down a little bit there and bring it back up, please, and we'll read some of it. Um, Justin Trudeau, the right honorable prime minister, was forced. I love emphasizing the 
words that I don't believe, was forced to cancel plans to attend a fundraising dinner on Tuesday evening after two speakers at the event, remember that part, two speakers at the event <laughs> said protesters hurled racial slurred at mostly South Asian attendees at a convention center in Surrey, BC. If you know Surrey, BC, it's very diverse. Indian, Asian, we're talking a lot of Filipino people, a lot of Indian people. Um, so when you say two speakers at the event said and not video shows and uh, recordings have on tape and, you know, attendees say, and it's just the two speakers said that there was racial uh, epithets slur uh, thrown at people, I tend not to believe in David Menzies. Well, wait a minute here, Andrew. This is a news article. They're chronicling what happened. <laughs> what is the missing elephant in the room here, i.e., what were the slurs? They, I mean, they can never say it for some I, reason. I can, you know what? I think the audience, uh, CP and CBC, can handle it, you know, with all the vulgarity you see in pop culture. So name what the slurs are. I mean, does it, I mean, were they slurs against Prime Minister Trudeau? Did somebody call him a honky? Or <laughs> they, a said it, they said they were anti South uh, Asian slurs, which is very specific like to the region of South Asia. But yeah, if you actually name, name it and you have it on tape, show it so that yeah. we can stand up against it with you and say, oh, look, those are people acting like idiots. So they probably shouldn't do that if they hate Justin Trudeau because it makes their movement look bad. Can you bring it back up for a second? Um, he said no one should be in so he didn't enter he did a three-minute zoom call instead which of course I'll just go out and say it on my own Andrew says Trudeau had something better he wanted to do so they made up a story of what happened that's my and they can they can prove me wrong I would welcome to be proved wrong I would like to condemn the racists should they exist the party said in a statement to the Canadian press that everyone participating in our democracy should feel safe and respected and of course they run out of room uh, they run out of words, so at the bottom, Olivia, um, they they bring up Jagmeet Singh, of course. <laughs> oh, his Peterborough <laughs> yes. adventure? Yeah. About and four dozen protesters used expl expletives as they chanted against Trudeau, honked horns. We don't like the way he's running Canada. Oh, no. <laughs> That's the most hateful quote they could pull. And then, of course, earlier this month, police began investigating after a video circulated on social media. People showing showed people hurling abuse at NDP leader Jagmeet Singh. Yes, they swore at him. They gave him the middle finger and they yelled things at him. Not things I would do, but all they did was yell at it. All the, the crime was David Menzies. They were mean. Oh, well, you know. Oh, you were mean to Jagmeet. And his policies are perfectly wonderful and his policies would never hurt anyone. But you were mean to him. And the Peterborough police, a.k.a. the Keystone Cops, uh, they are launching an investigation yes, on this. on meanness. And I just wonder, I hope, uh, for the love of God, Andrew, that nobody did what I did last April in Peterborough, <laughs> which was shake hands and laugh. laugh. Yes. These are actual notes in a police report that had... And photos. ...find... Photos of you laughing. Don't Photos forget. of me laughing. Uh, th that so I guess if the benchmark in Peterborough is if people are laughing at inappropriate times, I guess giving the middle finger that must be um, a crime worthy of twenty five years in the slap. They should just come out with Judge Dredd style police officers. They carry <laughs> uh, weapons where you can just name the the ammunition, and then they drive around. They're just judges. They can convict you right on the spot. Um, yeah, smiling and laughing and handshaking was bad. I tried to have the Peterborough mayor on once uh, due to their, you know, uh, what you call it, critical race theory stuff. Yes. They didn't want to talk. Just like the the mayor of Hamilton wanted his race-based vaccination policy as well. That was a good time, too. Hamilton. There's another region, folks, where <laughs> I'm not trying to make it about me, but uh, last is. year I received via email 
a ticket for $360. It was an AMPS ticket. It was for doing journalism. I was at the Hamilton Town Square in front of, you know, the Hamilton City Hall interviewing um, a small gathering of protesters. And a bylaw officer took my photo with a telephoto lens, <laughs> emailed me the evidence, and get a load of this, Andrew. Uh, this AMPS ticket is something you cannot fight. You cannot have your day in court. Shockingly, in 2016, the Supreme Court of Canada upheld the right for municipalities to give these AMPS tickets out without your day in court. The only resolution possible is to go to the bylaw officer or the bylaw department and plead your case. So it's basically, you know, the hen going to the fox after uh, the fox robbing the eggs uh, to say, can you give a few back? So of course the answer is going to be uh, no, unless there's some kind of extraordinary uh, circumstance. You know, Andrew, I guess the ultimate point I'm getting to is we try to back the blue here. We really do. I mean, you do need policing, but when you see what's happened in Hamilton, in uh, Peterborough, and probably the worst police service uh, in the world. Well, it, it, it's maybe a tie right now, Ottawa and Montreal. Um, it's so hard to back the blue when you see this kind of, I don't know if it's incompetence or politicization of police forces. I'm just still in a fog about somebody can, some random douche can take a picture of you and send you a picture. <laughs> I've got him now. I'll email him the photo and he will be forced to pay. And should he not wish to pay, he must come back for forgiveness. Yeah. And, and of course, you know what you're dealing with, because when I can't remember her name, the bylaw officer that sent it, but naturally the gender pronouns of she, her mm. was attached to her name. So that tells you everything you need to know, I'll tell you. Producer um, Efron was also famously ticketed for handshaking at Hamilton City Hall as well. Um, I think we should get to some chats before we move on. You David read Menzies. my mind, uh, Mr. Kraskin. Kraskin? The amazing Kraskin? You don't know that? Is that the guy who faked magic stuff on the 70s TV shows? Uh, well, I, he was a mentalist. Then hopefully, I saw him perform in Newfoundland. See the guy they me. see the guy they debunked by putting styrofoam things in front of him. I think he might be speaking about Uri Geller, the Israeli who said he could bend spoons. I'm not sure. It's been it's been <laughs> ten years since I dove into magic magicians and psych, psychic readers being debunked. Well, Do we have any? <laughs> Go ahead, David Menzies. Uh, no, um, I'm going to uh, uh, rely on your supervision. Oh, thank you. Uh, Adam Ottawa says, if we are forced to drive electric cars, what happens when there are power outages in the cities? Does the gub, as in government, government maybe, get okay. to decide who gets to power their cars and restrict movement? Uh, hide behind conservation? Yes, they do. It's the answer to your question. Well, yes, they will. Uh, they will shut you down whenever they feel fit. And uh, that's why there are carbon-based credit cards now. So you can have your you know, credit card access cut off if they deem you to be too unenvironmentally friendly. What? Yeah, that's already in Europe. You haven't heard about that? No. Sounds like a David Menzies video. Jeez. Send well, me to Europe. Oh, I forgot. I can't fly right now. No, you can do a video <laughs> about it. I'd watch that. That That is amazing. But you know what? Uh, to that point, um, I could see that kind of government regulation in the 
energy crisis with the formation of OPEC back in 1973, you had states like California where you had odd even days. So if your plate, you know, the last digit on your plate uh, or the first one, I can't remember how they managed it, uh, was odd, you could only fill up your tank on an odd day. Oh, and by the way, you get in line with about like 50 other cars in front of you. And so if it's not an odd day and you've got, uh, if it is an odd day and you've got an even number on your plate, sorry, come back tomorrow. So yeah, that, I could see that kind of, those kind of shenanigans in terms of electricity allowance to certain people. Well, if there's a person who could take a photo and charge David Menzies and he works in the government, <laughs> you better believe there's going to be a guy that says, oh, Adam Ottawa donated to Rebel News. I don't think you'd be needing your car today. <laughs> Any more, Olivia? He says again, uh-oh, the Menzoy doesn't have Sheila there today to keep his funny metaphors tethered. I just let him fly. David Menzies wants to get sued by the government for hate speech. He what can. A- what funny metaphor did I say, or offensive metaphor, or something like that? I'll I apologize know. in advance. I you, apologize for anything I'm about to say in the future. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. <laughs> King7734, Andrew, you asked me snidely, how much do you bench? I mean, that's that sounds like a long time ago. Sorry, high school, I'm a man, but if you want to challenge on vehicles or homes, we can. So you are equating physical strength to somebody's income? I cannot see the correlation there, good sir. Andrew. Tells me that you are fat. <laughs> why, Fatter than I. Why are you strength shaming people? I can tell I'm you. not. This was sounds like it was months ago. Do you recall about a year and a half you said you'd give me five bucks if I could bench press? Yeah, and I was wrong. And I gave you the money. And not only did I bench press it, I did 12 reps. And, you, and to me, that means you owe me 60 bucks. Did no, you ever no. get the five bucks? Yes, you did. So what's this obsession you have with people bench press? That I don't like Joe, have an obsession. That sounds like Joe Biden going, how many push-ups can you can do? Can you name it? when I said that? Because it has to be at least months ago. Oh, it was about a year and a half ago. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But now we have this viewer saying that you're... Well, uh, you know, um, <laughs> it's either you hate me or you love me. I've had to deal with that my whole life. It doesn't matter to me anymore. Adam, again, great haircut, David. <laughs> hair isn't biodegradable, didn't you know? Should we declare a hair scare emergency? This guy's angry. Well, you know, that, that, that that's wonderful. I wonder if he's being facetious about the great haircut. Uh, Sounds like it. He's calling you bald. Well, I went saying. to that new place in Richmond Hill, Andrew, uh, for three bucks you're laughing, and so is everybody else. Today on Rebel News Live, we get picked on by a fat, bald guy <laughs> who also gives us money. Strange Which times. We appreciate. There Thank he you. goes again. Thank Thanks you, for Adam. everything you do. <laughs> Ottawa Valley accent. I never knew anything about the WF until now. Pretty fracking scary stuff going on there. All right. Let's uh, move on. It is scary. But wait a minute. No, I, that's news to me. <laughs> what a Ottawa, strange, an strange Ottawa, show. No, but an Ottawa Valley accent. I mean, I know there's a valley girl accent yes. in California. If uh, I an, can uh, convince Adam to send another Explain what is an Ottawa Valley accent? We said use guys, but that's very Oshawa. You called me. Use? You, you you talked about Oshawa earlier. This, is that part uh, of the accent? Hey, use know. guys. Yeah. Uh, someone I used to know used to talk like that. It's uh, very South Oshawa. <laughs> South, any South more? Oshawa. Yeah, any more? Mike CA, finally, a different person. The Line Canada predicts a lockdown happens later this year. This is what happens when people don't rally daily in every town. Past 
uh, plus the people need to arrest all the elites. Um, the line Canada couldn't predict their leader being <laughs> a terrible person. So I don't know how well they're like Chris Skye's predicted that. I'm sure Hugs Over Mask has predicted that. I'm surprised somebody's still listening to one of these groups, to be completely honest. Is the line still going? I, I mean, and, and by I mean, the where way, is that guy? You, you, um, that was Lamont Daigle. You yes. might want to explain when you say a terrible person. Lamont That's Daigle, based on some of his statements. Lamont right? Daigle thought it was a good idea to tell the press that he wouldn't mind driving a car into the CBC. Not this is not verbatim, but this is what he said. You can look yep. it up. He dance. He has a video of him dancing in like a Sears or a Bay, um, which it doesn't make you a bad person. He questioned why. Um, just look up his. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say verbatim, but uh, he had some you know excuses for people who like younger people. If you know what I'm saying. Uh, just and then David Menzies interviewed him to give him a chance to recant. He didn't yeah. really. I, th I think it was October 2020, if memory serves. In the past, and it was like man. A, a virtually unedited interview of a 20-minute length, if I recall. And um, it was basically to give Lamont Daigle a chance to clarify his remarks or apologize. That's certainly what I would do because he gave these remarks to a different press outlet, a print media outlet. And listen, I... What's he reading off of there, sir? You know, I'm not sure. Maybe it's the article that reported this. Mm -hmm. I mean, I loathe the CBC, but I would never, ever advocate or want to see somebody drive a vehicle into CBC. Throw that back up, Olivia, with the yeah. quote from the article there. So if people are unfamiliar, they can see that. There was like a highlighted part of the article. There you go. And what does that say? That says this. So this was quote. This oh is the lead, this is the person they chose to lead them. There is a part of me that wants to kill people. Okay, there is a part of me that hates bullets so effing bad that I want to go up to them and I want to punch them right in their, their throat ball. Okay, there's people out there yelling at me when I'm on on a march taking these people in the street and stuff that are saying some pretty shitty things. And don't you think that I want to go up? go up to them and give them a sidekick right to the face? Yes, I do. I want to be violent. I want to be angry. But transmute that through the fact that I'm disciple of Paramahansa Yoga and... Uh, <laughs> Yoga Nanda and Dr. David R. Hawkins, and I believe in Christ and consciousness. So, if you're saying that you don't want to be violent, just don't go into extreme minute details about how violent you wish to be. I'm not a violent guy, but I would like to string you up. Like it, You know, the other part of the argument that doesn't make sense, if you're marching in the street and you've got placards and you're, you got a mega horn and you're, you know, putting your points out there and you're free to do that. And I support you for doing that. Well, if there are bystanders that have a contrarian opinion, and are saying that, well, they have every right to as well. You're in the public square. I mean, you know, but how does that ever come across as a win? The fact that <laughs> you want to punch somebody in the throat, do a drop kick to their head. And like I said, if, if you go into our archives, folks, and look for the interview, uh, there was no contrition, was there? There was no mea culpa. There was no, I should have said things differently. It's like, he stood for what he said. And I think when you say those things, your movement loses credibility. Yeah, and the other stuff he said were really weird and creepy. Before we get to some WEF reports and show that, do we have any more, Olivia? More to come. Beautiful. It's going to be more hate. Fraser McBurney, <laughs> uh, years ago I lent my truck to a friend to move. He lent his car for me uh, to get home. When I returned his car, 
was washed. I filled and washed and filled the gas tank. He returned my truck with an empty tank and filthy. Rent a U-Haul. Just uh, wow. A story there. Well, that is uh, a, having to do with when you're talking about Greta, I think. Fraser, that is a horrendous breach of auto etiquette. I mean, even with gas prices at over two dollars a liter, you got to at least fill the tank. And uh, I think they said last year, so it was at a reasonable one twentieth. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. I, I feel your pain, Fraser. Mm -hmm. I want just buy an electric car. Well, I want, here's my story. This goes back to the 80s when I had the dearly departed Honda CRX <laughs> two-seater. Uh, I offered to drive an intoxicated uh, friend home and he threw up in the car. That to me, at the very least, means you have to detail the car professionally to get that stench out. And there was no... Um, you know, offer of anything because he was so intoxicated. And the bad news is I had to drive that car from Southern California to Northern Alberta. That's a small 30-hour <laughs> drive. And that never goes away, even with like 35 Little Tree Evergreen air fresheners. How long of a drive is that? It was several days, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's a lot of territory. That's a lot of uh, gas you gave <laughs> to the environment. It was very fuel efficient, that car. <laughs> I bet you Mauricio would love to be in that car. Yeah. Twin X says, the planet is carbon-based planet. We are carbon-based organisms, as are most things on the planet. Earth needs carbon dioxide to exist. Basic science. You can't say that. That sounds almost like a something from Star Wars or something. The Earth is carbon-based. Oh. People are carbon-based. We are all Metachlorians. And boy, were the mainstream media uh, climate Karens out in full force on Saturday afternoon in the GTA and some other cities. I think the storm was from Chicago to uh, Quebec. Um, I don't know how badly you were hit. We we didn't get hit that badly. We were hit bad. You were hit bad. No power for 12 hours. No power. Roof shingles off. It was like uh, almost 200 kilometer an hour winds for a very brief time. Uh, hail. Um, all kinds of damage and the natural assumption, well, there you go. There's your proof for climate change. And even Doug Ford weighed in saying, yeah, he's a big believer in that. Um, what are your thoughts on people in the media and in politics that look at one random weather event? And instead of saying, Andrew, well, twas ever thus since the creation of the earth, storms. I mean, what happened to the dinosaurs? Did they all get on starships and leave the planet? Or no, did they, they were... even exist, David? <laughs> oh, you're going down that route. But did you notice how many people were dining out on that storm that lasted, I think, less than 15 minutes? Yeah. As, there you go, jury's in, climate change is a thing. Well, it happens every time there's something like that. <laughs> they say weather is not climate, so you can't say weather. They can't, exactly. You can't say cold weather is evidence of there not being you know, a warming planet, but then when a storm happens, it's evidence of climate change. The climate is changing the argument. It's such a stupid and tired argument. I don't even care anymore. I don't even care anymore, Dave Menzies. Okay. Mike says if people do rally daily for freedom in every town, even after their shifts, then they may be, uh, they may lose work for not bowing to any new tyranny. Medical workers were fired in winter for the same reason. I mean, the protest didn't do anything. The only protest that did stuff is the Ottawa protest yep. and the Coots protest. And subsequently, the border protest in Ontario to New York, and who is against that, Pierre Polyev? Because only the government gets to tell you when businesses can shut down. 
Well, you know, speaking of Pierre Polyev, I mean, people say, well, what was the tangible thing that the Ottawa Freedom Convoy did? And I'll tell you one thing right off the bat is uh, Aaron O'Toole. That was the last straw. That was what ousted him because we couldn't get a clear answer. Even to this day, did he support it or not? I mean, that's what a sidewinder he is when it comes to taking a position. And thank goodness he's gone. And uh, wow, that was quite the vote. Well, we all know that I'm more in favor of Michelle Rempel Garner, who bravely stands up against whiteness and sexism and biphobia for the party. What happened to her? Her and Aaron O'Toole, I just think, (laughs) could lead us to the promised land with their uh, with their remarks. And she supports Patrick Brown, correct? Yes, she is the chair of his campaign. Please, somebody do an intervention for this lady. San Francisco, <laughs> San Francisco can't keep people safe, but we'll save them from themselves. Uh, WRT, the climate with regards to. See, I didn't even know that means regards to, David, but I'm such a genius mm. that I was able to figure it out on the spot. You are indeed. Why? Thank you, David Mendes. <laughs> We're almost out of time here. Do we have any more, Olivia? Fraser McBurney, I'm going to buy a gas generator. That's a good idea. There's also solar-powered, like, little generators you can get if you go out of power. I would uh, say you should probably do that. Solar farms haven't really worked out. There's uh, radiation and waste that comes off of them (laughs) that people didn't know about. So you can't really go in and fix them. You know what? I I think that is prudent advice. I think uh, having a generator for those kind of weather events, uh, it's not the end of the world. But you know what? If you want to watch TV and play video games, it kind of stays in a way I did, Dave. I had to play chess. Oh, wow. I had to speak to my friends. Were you playing with Nicole? Yes. My money's on Nicole. I won, actually. Oh, jeez. Um, there was another one there. Fraser <laughs> McBurney says, I got a ticket for picnicking when there were 10 other picnickers around. Yes, that sounds like our reporters' what? experiences at parks in Toronto. I, no, 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 finest. wait a minute. Don't brush that aside. Uh, Fraser, even if it's off air, like I want to hear that story. That What, what happened there? You, David at rebelnews.com. Yes. Any okay. more? Uh, G. Melinda G60 says that is the entire plan of electric vehicles so they can shut down the grid and you will stay at your house as you were told. I mean, I'd imagine so. At this point, literally everything has like a government plan behind it. You can't really trust them to be like good. That's why people need to get into, you know, their municipal governments like communists too. Yeah. Uh, Well, uh, I think it really is virtue signaling by people that do not understand the energy business. They can make these decrees And yet they haven't thought through, like I said earlier in the show, folks, what happens when by 2035, and I don't think that's a realistic target, every car on California's freeways and byways are electrically powered. Um, What that's going to do to the grid? Forget about it. Forget about it. All right, I think we're out of time here. No, Adam Ottawa says, I'm just having some silly fun with you. Good examples of the Ottawa Valley accent can be heard in Renfrew or Arn Pryor. No well, Orleans. Well, Adam, thank you uh, again for the donation. And uh, I'll um, we'll do a little side tour next time we're going to Ottawa and find out what the Ottawa Valley accent <laughs> so. is. You know. Yeah. Are we good? Okay. okay. Well, you know, thank you to Olivia and Ephraim behind the boards. Thank you to everybody that gave us those uh, super chats. That's how we keep the lights on. And... Um, 
thank you for my co-host. Tell us what you're up to before we quickly go. You got 30 seconds. Well, you know what? Thank you very much. I will be co-hosting the French debate live stream. Very cool. And I am praying to God that there are English subtitles. The only French I know is, I think, the phrase, no cadeau. That's the French version of no prize when I check my lottery tickets. <laughs> Winner, Canyon. I thought you were going to go with something different. No, Voulez-vous coucher avec moi? That's where I think we were all thought you were going. Thank you for watching. Every day you can catch it at rebelnews.com slash live streams. My show tomorrow is with the Avi Yemeni and Louis Brackpool live from Switzerland at the Great Reset. You will own nothing and you will be happy. Let's go out with a clip from Switzerland. Thank you, everybody. Stay sane. Mark, now good time. How are you? How, How you doing? doing? I miss you from yesterday. Nice to see you again. Yeah, no, I'm Who's your friend? Uh, you don't want to introduce Jay, Jay, me? Uh, How Jay you doing? Very well, yeah. thank you. Yes, that's good. Yeah. Any bug sandwiches today? I haven't had anything to eat today. No, thank you. <laughs> I actually haven't. I Sorry? haven't. I haven't had anything to eat today, but if you got any recommendations. I don't know. I own nothing, so I'm happy. Okay. Well, that's good. <laughs>